Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've got two games here for you guys on Monday night as these playoffs roll on. We are going to be taking a look at a couple of best bets from both of us in both from both of these games. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. We've also got a player props video for you with a couple of player props specifically for you guys as well. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all the great written content we have up there. We're throwing the picks up there on the site these days. And we have the odds finder tool up there. You can make sure that you're getting the best odds available to you from all of these U.S. sports books giving us bets in this NBA playoffs Nate, let's go ahead and uh, jump right into your first pick from one of these two games. We got Sac and Golden State, and obviously the other game in the East, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Nets. Yeah, it's the Warriors to win, and uh, the spread is minus one and a half. Uh, flipped the other way here because the expectation is that they will be able to even this series, that they'll show their championship medal and figure out a way to beat the Kings. And they were about to beat them um, and really actually would have beaten them if Andrew Wiggins had connected on a corner three and give him some slack because he's, yeah, it's his first game since February 13th and only 28 minutes off the bench. He's only going to ramp up here as he gets his feet under him. Gary Payton has only played seven games back with the Warriors. He had 20 off the bench. Once he gets his feet under him in the series, that's going to be a huge deal as a body to throw it to Aaron Fox, who was absolutely clutch. And really, yeah, I mean, it was always like a, an either-or situation with the Kings. Like, you come into the most raucous arena, the this rabid fan base that hasn't had a championship in, uh, I mean, a playoff appearance in 17 years, and uh, you, they're either going to get tight and struggle, or they're going to just, you know, feed off that energy and get the win. And Fox, we should have known, Mr. Clutch was not going to let up. Malik Monk, apparently, is about that smoke, too. Uh, but I just I see a little bit of regression coming from him. I mean, 32 off the bench, along with Trey Lyles shooting uh, like 67 percent for 50 points off the bench. I don't see that happening to that extent again for those two guys. I think the Kings have a huge disadvantage in terms of that second unit, you know, especially if Wiggs is going to come off the bench again um, or, or if DiVincenzo kind of rotates that way. The Warriors have have more depth there. And the trouble stat is you gave up 31 assists to Golden State, and that's what they do in wins. They average actually 32 assists this season versus 27 and a half in losses. And I, I mean, Golden State getting out-rebounded, giving up 17 O-Rebs, that is a problem. But they were able to still limit DeMontis Sabonis very well, Draymond leading that charge, limited the Kings to a poor assist-to-turnover ratio. I do think that's sustainable. And look, if it comes down to it, like I want Steph Curry, I, I want to bet on Steph Curry in the playoffs, especially after a loss, which we saw last year. Every time, basically comes back with a with a great performance, um, and looked just absolutely spry in Game One, just like absolutely unguardable. The Kings are actually one of the best teams guarding point guards between Fox and Davion Mitchell, and they still couldn't do anything with him. Like he's just doing his thing, just hitting these impossible threes. And moving really well too. Like if they're going to try to chase him off the ball, off the line, he's still going to get into the lane. He's still going to finish, and the Warriors are going to play off that. Um, and and really, yeah, I think if we see more of the Wiggins we saw last year in his second game back here, his last four against the Kings, he did average twenty three a game, shooting fifty three percent. Draymond, his last eight against the Kings, is a plus ninety with a one hundred eight defensive rating. I do think he will continue to give Sabonis some trouble there. And other than Fox, I just don't have a ton of faith 
in these Kings guys to continue to support him. Um, and I just think that the, the slightly lower energy that the Warriors are going to clamp down because I think they're going to play better defense. I do kind of lean under as well, but I, I'm just thinking Warriors minus one, minus one and a half where it's at right now. That That's a nice conservative line or not really a line at all to take the champs to uh, to bounce back and, and get into the series. It, it all makes sense. I, I'm definitely not on board with with betting against Steph Curry in the playoffs right now too much. But I, the problem is, is you, you could still pick against him. Um, and I think the Kings could still win. But I, I would agree that, this, you know, this is more of a, a do or die game that they're definitely going to need. I just I don't know how much of this this road, these road issues really come into play. I mean, I faded Clay in the first game just because the 23 and a half points was was too high. I mean, you didn't get the 22 and a half that, that was available in some spots either. Um, poor shooting inside the three point line really was the problem there. And, and, and really, I think what it comes down to, you know, for for this this bet on the Warriors is like, how are they sort of constructing offense versus defense uh, in terms of the lineups that they put out there when when they don't have. Uh, when they do put out, say, like GP2, for instance, who's the only guy who really had any kind of success guarding Deer and Fox, then they're really suffering, you know, suffering uh, in, in, in terms of offense. They're giving up a lot there um, when they need to score at least 120 points probably to beat this Kings team unless they can figure something else out that, that nobody else has really this season in terms of stopping the Kings from getting, you know, above 120 points while they're playing at home. So I, I think in the playoffs, it's going to tighten up for sure. And, and eventually we'll get we'll st- probably stop seeing a, a bit you know, uh, smaller totals here than, than 246 or 49 or whatever that first game was uh, moving forward. And, and I think that does play into the, the dubs hands as well. So as this series continues and the longer that it goes, you know, continue to give the slight edge to the, the Warriors for, for being able to, to kind of grind that out. And this is going to be a huge game for them. Not that this is going to be too big of a grinded out game, but it is, you know, sort of the first test of one night off, another game in the playoffs. You don't have the same level of hype that you probably had coming into Golden One Center there in the first game. And, and there's going to be a little bit more of a letdown there. How, how well do they keep that that intensity and that momentum up? And then also the game planning between Mike Brown and Steve Kerr is going to be super interesting to watch. So I, I like the dubs in this in this game as well when, when you've got them as, you know, a caged animal with their back against the wall so I'm gonna go to my first pick here Nate and talk about the other game for a minute and it's a game that I feel a little bit less sure about than this one when I'm looking at it other than Philly's going to win I'm pretty sure I don't know how they lose at home in this game uh Mo uh for those of you who follow along in the discord did go Nets plus 10 uh and what he said was a nose pincher of a bet which I would agree with as I don't necessarily want to have to sweat that out um but I could see there being a little bit of regression for um Philly potentially uh, on I mean I don't know how they regress much more on defense considering how much they gave up there to the uh to the the nets in terms of efficiencies in that first game i know the nets only ended with like you know 102 offensive rating um but they shot 45 percent from deep uh and that will keep them around enough but i'm more focused here nay on this pick with philadelphia's offense and just continuing to ride that against the nets team that it's got good players at certain positions on defense, um, but it does not have the weapons to to handle Joel Embiid, frankly. And and Joel, we saw obviously score fewer than that fewer points than maybe you know his prop was definitely. He only got to what twenty six in that game. He's actually failed to get above twenty seven in his last. Uh, except for one time in his last four against the Nets. Um, so that, you know, I don't know that they're necessarily doing much right, except for double teaming the crap out of him. But that led the uh, the, the Philadelphia 76ers to have wide open threes and score, you know, right, hit 48.8 
38% of their three-pointers in that game, basically making half the threes that they took, hitting 21 of them. Um, and I, I think there's you know reason to believe there won't be quite as many points total in this game. But I, I just can't see a world where, you know, it, with this this team playing the way that they are right now on offense, especially for, for the, the 76ers, that they don't get 113 points against this team because of what they can do down low. They only had 16 free throw attempts. So, you, you know, if you want to say they're not going to hit, you know, as many threes, they're not going to shoot 50% from deep, but they're still likely to shoot close to 40. Um, Maybe you take away three or four of those threes and you add 10 uh, 10 free throws that they didn't get because they averaged 26 of those a game in the regular season. They only had 16 in this one. So you got to expect a bit more of positive positive regression from their ability to get to the line if, you know, they're going to have to sell out a bit and not just let guys shoot wide open threes. uh, And that will take some of the pressure off Joel. Maybe they keep it on him and that's fine. And even if, once again, they do regress a bit uh, down from those threes, they're still taking, you know, if they're going to be taking 45 of them again, the way that they have been, then I, I think that there's good reason to believe that even they hit 18 of them and get to the free throw line a few more times, uh, that they're still getting close to 120 each time in this series. I, I don't think that Vegas is correctly dropping these totals nearly as much as they have been, uh, or near as much as they should in, in this one specifically, all the way down to 214. It's it's kind of a Lee Corso, not so fast, my friends, when you look at the overall total, uh, thinking, oh, well, you know, th- there's been like three of the last four games that these teams have played have gone over this total for sure by at least like five or six points. There's not that many great use cases considering that like there were a few games that were just weird. It was either the old Nets team um, with KD and Kyrie, or it was, you know, not necessarily anybody playing for all everybody playing for each of these two teams when they met in the regular season. Um, But I think over, so, you know, you get scared looking at some of these lower totals you've seen in the past. Um, At the same time, you know, I I think there is reason to believe that while maybe there will be, this game will be closer to like 218 rather than, you know, the 222 or so that it was last game. I still think that the, the 113, points that the that's the 76ers need is pretty easy to come by for them uh, at home where they've just been scoring a ton of points yeah they average 116 at home since uh the start of february so it's not unheard of in brooklyn for a while was really struggling to guard the paint um claxton has done a slightly better job and i think they were just trying to get the ball out of Embiid's hands in game one didn't really work like you said with the barrage of threes So maybe now they switch to that other mode where they're like, all right, let's see if Embiid gets 50 and we can just clamp down on everybody else. But that makes James Harden really the X factor. And I mean, he looked good. You know, he's trying to dispel this playoff narrative. Uh, What he had seven threes in game one and and dimed out 13 assists. So, I mean, if he's cooking like that, there's no way the Warriors, I mean, the Sixers are going to score under like 118 probably uh, wouldn't mind even the alternate total. I do like over in total for the game because like Mo, yeah, I think the Nets are going to find a way to score enough uh, and hang around in this one and make it interesting at least. And uh, I, I think it will be with with their offense attacking those those vulnerable Sixers guards that they're going to start Maxi again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, it's just basically the same pick here, but we're looking at a same game parlay with the Warriors win if you want to juice it up. And Steph... So Warriors on that that spread just minus one and a half. Steph twenty five points. Steph four threes. Draymond eight assists. Uh, gets you about plus three thirty. Um, you could go a little higher, get Steph thirty points, whatever. But I I think you want to play it safe here because this is you know what Steph is expected to do um, in the spot in the playoffs after a loss. You look at his his last well. I mean, after a loss last season, five out of six times, he's definitely going over this. He's averaging 32 points per game, five threes per game last playoffs. The the exception was a game six closeout in Dallas, which was closeout Clay 
game six clay. You know, Steph just let him go. Uh, but, you know, this has been his matchup against the Kings. We're obviously, we talked about how good he looked in game one. His last 12 against the Kings, he's only gone under 25 points once. That was a blowout at home. He's hitting six threes at 47%. He is a plus 185. Um, he has gone under four threes twice this season. But, I mean, one of those was April 7th when Sacramento rested everybody. The other was, again, a, a night where, where Clay had a good game, where Wiggins had it going. Uh, Steph goes three for nine from three, but he still had 27 points. He's scoring inside and out against this team. It was six days after he torched the Kings for 47. So, obviously, less worried about that. Maybe you're more worried about Draymond because assists can be kind of fickle. But look, Sack since the All-Star break, giving up the second most assists per game, fifth worst three-point defense. They have the 28th defensive rating at home, and it, they're really good in transition D, uh, which, you know, I guess makes you worry that Draymond's not going to get those assists in transition, but it, it makes me think that they're really, really bad in half court D. And, and as the Kings, you talk about Steve Kerr making adjustments, that the Kings are probably not going to be as experienced, um, as capable of making adjustments based on their experience in the playoffs and still being able to limit this Warriors offense in the half court. So Dre, after a playoff loss last year, averaged eight, eight rebounds and eight assists even. Um, and that's against Boston, Dallas, and Memphis, teams that finished first, sixth, 16th in, in assists allowed last season. So those are much tougher matchups, much slower, bogged down games. I think in a matchup with the Kings, that's got a 240 total. I do feel good enough about Draymond getting eight assists after he had 11 in game one and only shot the ball five times. He's not looking to shoot. He is the facilitator for this offense. Yeah, for sure. Uh, everything you're saying really is is the same type of game theory that I see for this one in terms of Draymond continuing to have to uh, do everything else. He's going to have to continue to box out uh, Sabonis, which obviously Sabonis got 16 boards last time, limited his points a bit more. And, and, and Looney was definitely the primary defender on Sabonis with a lot of help from, from Draymond playing his normal sort of free safety on defense. Um, and I think, you know, for Steph, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'll just jump right into my next pick because it's kind of similar in, in some ways that, you know, the, the theory here is Steph and uh, De'Aaron Fox to combine for 59.5 points in this one. Uh, and we were both looking at this one and I, I think it's, it's an awesome bet in terms of, um, you know, the, the money that you're getting back here on, on DraftKings that even money for them to get 60 points combined uh, 68 from la obviously last time. And I think these guys continue to be the sort of drivers of these teams. Sabonis is going to continue to have trouble scoring, in my opinion, when you when you are going to throw bodies like Looney and Draymond at him for the amount of time that they both played, which was both well over 30 minutes. Uh, Draymond got 37 there and then, uh, 34 rather. And then Looney got 32, which for a big lumbering center is a lot of points, but he's got to be out there or excuse me, a lot of minutes, but he's got to be out there when, when Sabonis is. At any rate, the reason I like these two point guards so much is because um, there's nobody to stop Fox. I mean, Wiggins was was out there for a bunch on him. It, really, the main defenders on Fox are going to be Wiggins, uh, mostly Gary Payton Jr., and then they throw some, you know, DiVincenzo out there on him as well, but he only got 20 minutes or so. And Clay Thompson tried to guard him like three different times, and I think there was three different slippages or just
just some form of like, ooh, this is not going to work anymore. It's not the same clay after ACLs and ankles and everything. Like he's not the same defender, even though he's long um, and, and much taller than Fox, really only a couple inches taller than Fox. He doesn't have the quickness. And and I think we're all really highly aware now that De'Aaron Fox is an all-star. You can't just put a throwaway defender on him and, and not expect him to go off for 30. And one of the, you know, a couple of things going on there for the dubs. Obviously, it's still road defense. And I believe in what I saw during the regular season will continue to a degree at times for this dubs team on the road. And that's why it's hard for me to believe in them as much as other teams, other people seem to that they have it in them to go back to the championship this year. Um, either way, that just means there's going to be more Steph carrying them. Right. So what you, you keeping it to, to Fox for a minute, um, he's going to continue to put the pressure on and the, the, put those points on those fast break points. He even had a lot of uh, second chance points uh, in this last game, six of seven of them, which was most on the team, partly because you know, Sabonis is getting double teamed there. And I think De'Aaron Fox knows that if he's being guarded by somebody like GP2, like Dante DiVincenzo, or God forbid, Steph Curry, um, then he's going to be able to crash those boards, be longer and more athletic than those guys, um, and be able to get above them for some for some clear lanes that should be there while those guys are trying to box out the bigs for Sacramento so much, who is really, really good on the offensive glass um, and did still get managed to get a good amount of second chance points and outscore the dub 60 to 44 in the paint, which is another problem when you're trying to guard De'Aaron Fox, who gets a, either his points from a really, really nice mid-game stroke that he's got now because he's only putting up three three three-point attempts a game. Um, but it's that mid-range stroke that's really the reason he upped his points so much this season and then getting all the way to the rim when when you you know try to take that away from him. So um, I, I continue to like the points for him. I don't need to tell everybody here, I hope, hopefully, why Steph Curry is probably going to get 30 points again. Um, I continue to like, you know, not really love the matchup for Klay Thompson. He, if you saw how he got his points in this game, it was just by being wide open on three. Um, and, and two of those were in transition, which you really have to rely on for him as well. So I think he can get the threes. I'm not really trying to continue to take clay unders all, all, all series or anything like that necessarily. It is at the same prop, but I think his, his sort of the ability for um, the Kings to defend the shooting guard position much more so than De'Aaron Fox, than point guard. And really the type of point guard that De'Aaron Fox is, um, is an, in, in terms of long taller than all these other guards like GP2 or Dante DiVincenzo that want to guard him, but just as quick, if not quicker than both those guys as well. Um, he's a huge matchup problem for them. And, and part of the reason that the dubs gave up so many points to opposing point guards this season. And part of the reason that uh, Deeran Fox has 26 points a game in his last five versus the dubs in the regular season, uh, in, including this one where he scored 38 with that huge usage rate of about 29%. That's not going to go down and he's not going to get any fewer minutes uh, as he's too important to this team. So 60 points between the two of them for even money, uh, I like it, which I, I guess I'm saying I like overs for both of them, uh, honestly, anyway. Yeah, but it could be kind of uneven. But either way, I mean, you saw how they they fed off each other in game one. And that's something to look at in, in playoffs is if, if you're going to at times try to guard each other, but you're going to get tired doing that. And then the both stars are going to be able to do their thing on offense because they're facing a tired defender, which we just saw with Kawhi and KD last night, too. Both of them getting over 60 combined. Um, yeah, I think that I, I I mean, I said be conservative with Steph to go over 25 points. I would not be surprised if he scores like 36, though. And then Fox only needs to get you 25 ish, which he's been averaging against the Warriors in his in the last couple seasons. 
Yeah, and that's that's part of the game theory here. Is they need GP2 on the floor in order to guard Fox. No one else can do it nearly as well as him. He's the only guy who guarded him out there. He guarded him for the most amount of time as the primary defender um, in, in the time that GP2 was out there, which was about 20 minutes or so. He still guarded uh, De'Aaron Fox and held him to zero points when he was the main defender on him for about three minutes in that game. The problem is, is we'll see, I don't know about the problem, but we'll see what Steve Kerr decides to do in terms of playing GP2 a few more minutes in lieu of, I mean, Clay got 37 and shot 42% from the field. I know it's Clay Thompson, but like, you know, DiVincenzo got 20 minutes. He's definitely better on offense than, um, than GP2 as well. But if Gary Payton's the only guy that can guard Fox, then maybe you start to look at if that's the case in this game. Maybe we start to consider some more unders um, if there's going to be fewer, you know, less scoring on the floor for the Dubs because they want to be able to to guard a little bit better as well on the perimeter against guys like De'Aaron Fox. But either way, in this one, 60 points uh, still feels like a really good bet for those guys. So you're listening to the Lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Running through how we did uh, on Friday night with those last two playing games real quick. Quick, I will say, Nate, we had a nice night there. Five and one on the evening, up a bunch of units. You had Vucevic and Bam combining for 21 boards, uh, and they got that pretty easily. SGA under 43.5 points, rebounds, and assists for me. Uh, also like that. He did not get 35 points uh, plus the win, which we just put a tiny little bit on. Uh, at least I did because I thought maybe that that would – I thought if they won, that would be the case. It was not the case. Uh, you correctly also faded Ant there as we're continuing to wonder if he's even caring or trying anymore after that last game in the first round versus the Nuggets. Uh, and then Kobe White, which uh, I was really proud of there. Nine and a half points for him was even money. Also had four threes, which was more than the two he needed to hit our over on that bet. So feeling really good as we continue to roll on with these player props, Nate. Let's throw it to you for your first one for tonight. Yeah, it's a head-to-head prop again. Been having good success with this, but... This time it's not combined. It is hardened to have two more assists than Spencer Dinwiddie um, it, after game one, where Harden had 13 dimes, also 23 points, and was a plus 20. 
and didn't really struggle a little bit. 14 points, seven assists, uh, four turnovers. Um, look, I mean, it, it, are the Nets going to hit threes? That's basically how Dinwiddie is going to rack up a bunch of assists. And Vegas expects them to not hit as many after going 13 for 29. That's 45% in game one there. They had 23 assists total as a team um, in 19 turnovers. That's troubling. Philly is ninth in three-point defense since the All-Star break. They're also fifth limiting assists to point guards. And Dinwiddie put up double-digit assists a lot against bad defenses or teams that had already thrown in the towel down the stretch. But when he played limiting teams like Minnesota held him to six, Orlando held him to five, you know, there are some spike games in terms of going low on that uh, because he's not necessarily as good of a threat to score inside. I mean, when you have a guy like Gobert, or in this case, Embiid, patrolling the paint, um, you know, I also thought about Harden scoring a lot, five more points than Dinwiddie. But look, Harden, while Brooklyn has limited assists, we don't think of Harden as a guy who's a traditional point guard who's going to try to dime up in the traditional sense. So even if Philly does have regression shooting threes, I, I think James Harden still gets 10 assists because he's just going to be feeding Joel Embiid that is one of the easiest assists you can get, especially with a home scorekeeper where he can just drop it off at the nail. And even if MB jab, jab shoots, they're going to be like, yep, that's still an assist. Um, and at home, he feeds more. His usage rate actually dropped 3% in the, in the last month and a half there at home. His points per game dropped five points to 16.3. He went out and did the scoring in game one to show that he can do that. Also got the dimes, but you know, that'll, that will help loosen up the defense, make him more of a threat to score, which I just don't think Dinwiddie has that same kind of, you know, triple threat situation. I think he's very clearly a facilitator and Philly should be able to guard him in that fashion. They held him the six dimes in February 11th when these guys played and they held him the six dimes in game one. And I think Harden's a good bet for 10. Yeah, I, I we were both trying to figure out how to bet Harden uh, in general. I mean, I liked him in the in game one, which I, would, I mean, we, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it together on a video, so I didn't mention it. But I definitely liked his 20 and a half points in game one as well. I, I do think he'll continue to have to score. I think Maxi had a bit of a, a, a not necessarily bad game, but he wasn't the used nearly the same. I think Harden came out and, and obviously made clear that he was going to, to be putting up stats, points and assists. Um, and, and I continue to like both of them for him. And, and the best way to, to get some value, to your point, is is that he'll probably have a better game than Dinwiddie, who, by the way, keeps popping off at the mouth saying silly things that are just like pissing off old guys. Latest victim for him was Rick Fox on the Lakers, where he just started talking trash on him for some reason. Uh, be like, look, man, there's some guys that are going to get you know a lot more stats, and some guys are going to be like the Rick Fox of the team. And then Rick Fox tweeted back at him like, uh, here's three of my rings that I have for being the best defender on the championship Lakers. But I don't know. Anyway, Dinwiddie... Uh, continuing to just open his mouth, but I don't like him nearly as much as I like Harden to get the assist. And, and I think one and a half is a pretty good bet, maybe 10 or 11 to like five or six, to be honest, for Mr. Dinwiddie there. So uh, I am going to talk about Malik Monk for a minute, and it's so fishy. I agree. You mentioned how you're not necess- he's not going to have 32 points again, and I would agree. Um, but I do think he's capable of getting 16 in this game, and, and the two and a half threes for him is a pretty good bet as well because of the juice you get at plus 145. The thing is, is like I'm not really talking about 
him in this way because of his ability to hit threes, to be honest with you. Like, he's a good three-point shooter. Um, he's as good as Kevin Huerta, to be honest. Like, it's not like Huerta's much worse than him uh, in any capacity. I think Monk gets gets minutes and, and is a good player uh, to score against the dubs because of his size and athleticism. Um, and you look at how he scored his points in that first game, and I think he's going to continue to do a lot more of that, which is getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line. I don't know if he'll get another 14 free throws like he got in this last game, but he's averaged seven free throws against this team when he's actually gotten minutes against them, dating all the way back to his last game uh, when he played on the Lakers. And, and he played uh, on a team that was, you know, it had Anthony Davis and, um, and Austin Reeves. But other than that, it wasn't really playing anybody else. I believe Stanley Johnson started in that game. Uh, but my point here is, is that it was a similar Kings team to the one he's facing here. And I think he's going to have similar usage to what he's had against them as of uh, – to, against the um, the dubs rather as of late 21 and a half points against Golden State in those last five with a 25% usage rate averaging 30 minutes and I think that usage rate is so high because like I said he can attack the rim as, a, as an oversized guard who's very strong and athletic he's getting to, into the paint he's also getting points off of turnovers seven of those last game which the dubs had 15 and to be honest like that's right around being pretty good for them when they get up to about 17 is when you're like yeah this is the dubs and sometimes in the playoffs that they're capable of doing that so um the only time he went under this prop versus the dubs in his last five was when he only got 24 minutes in a game that didn't really matter um and i think a huge part of this is the minutes also that he's going to get taking those from starter keegan murray who maybe he'll continue to start so they can give the rook uh that kind of confidence that he's still a big part of this team but he only played 15 minutes in that series and did not look uh, in that first game and did not look ready for this series so, you know, I think you're going to continue to get a lot of Malik Monk. I don't think there's anything to be said about, I mean, Keegan Murray probably is a better defender, to be honest, slightly better than Malik Monk at this point, even as a rook. Um, surprisingly good at like blocking shots for, for his someone his size. But uh, I don't think they care about that here in SAC. They just won 126-123. And I think they know that their bread and butter is outscoring the other team and they're going to need to do that. Uh, Malik Monk gives them the best ch chance of doing that. Uh, and he's hit three threes in three of his last four games when he's getting at least 29 minutes. Uh, so I think he's going to continue to get that. He shot 50%, hitting two of four last ones. So it's a little bit of a bet. I, I'm not as confident as I am in that one as the 15 and a half points, but I really like the 15 and a half points if he's going to get at least 30 minutes in this one. Yeah, I don't think it's fishy at all. I think you're you're going to follow the minutes here, and Keegan Murray is not going to play much in this series. And then if you're going to try to play both Monk and Querter, I think you got to lean Monk uh, more for his defensive prowess than 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 Querter. I mean, Querter is going to be a liability on that other end. So I think, yeah, he's looking at close to 30 minutes. And as a per 36 guy, for sure, 16 points, three threes at, at the juice there. Uh, I think both are fine. I, yeah, I just wouldn't chase 30 <laughs> points again. And that's why I don't think the Kings are going to be able to, to come back well, and win. Let me ask, you, what do you think about uh, 20 points as the alternate total for Malik Monk? That does get you up to like plus 260. I don't know if you want the juice there. I know you're slightly risk averse, but maybe a little bit on him to actually get 20. Yeah, I would sprinkle some on that and probably try to cover your bases by just taking the yeah. normal prop. Um, and then, yeah, you could break even if he's got 18, which is where I would project yeah. probably. Harrison Barnes uh, for five rebounds is where I'm going here <clears throat> with the second pick. Uh, plus 102 at FanDuel. And you can put a half unit on that, I think, because it's just, you know, rebounds are always a little bit random here. But he's going to play a lot in this series. He played 36 minutes in game one, um, had seven boards. And look, per 36 guy, he's averaging nearly six rebounds a game, about 5.7 in his career. He's the most experienced playoff guy on this Kings roster, having played 64 playoff games with the Warriors. 
averaged just over five boards per game. So he's right there. And in this matchup, like the Warriors are doing everything they can to keep DeMontis Sabonis off the glass. And they he still got 16 boards in that last game. I expect him to get even more box box out energy from Draymond and Looney. And, and Barnes has got to step up. Like we've seen him shy away and be like, I'm a small forward, right? Like, no, on this team, you got to come in. You got to board, uh, especially against the Warriors. We're going to be aggressive here in game two. That offense does regress for the Warriors on the road. They shoot 38% from three versus 41 at home. They're averaging near allowing about 10 boards to power forwards on the season. So that kind of fits into that mold where uh, Barnes is going to come. I have to come down and help out. Like he does only average under four boards per game in 33 minutes at home since February 1st. But I, I think this game, I am again, leaning under on 240. I think there will be more defense played, more rebounds to come around and, and just get a little bit tougher and you're going to have to show your playoff acumen for for Sacramento. And he's really the only guy with a resume on this team. And that means, you know, getting some boards and mixing it up with your old uh, running mate, Draymond. Yeah, I've looked at the same thing. We talked about it. And, and honestly, like I was looking at Trey Lyles as well um, because Trey Lyles is, is going to get some time too. I was just thinking who's going to be, you know, the, the, the playing power forward alongside DeMontis Sabonis because that person is going to be ripe for rebounds. And both of these guys, you can make a case for uh, Trey Lyles is also at four and a half boards. He got six last game and he only played 18 minutes, um, had a really, really good game. I think he'll continue to be a really good, uh, you know, asset for them. And, and anybody that they stick into that four spot is probably going to have a solid game because DeMontis is going to be boxing out two dudes at once every single time, still managed to get 16 rebounds, which is insane. Uh, and the offensive rebounds are going to continue continue to be available for this team. So anybody who wants to go ahead and crash and get offensive boards, um, you're going to be welcome to, uh, you know, after you get past Draymond and Looney, obviously Wiggs can get in there, only play 28 minutes. I think he's going to go up in time. So maybe that helps the rebounding, but I still think I'd rather have Harry B or Trey Lyles trying to rebound uh, over Andrew Wiggins, to be honest with you, even though Wiggs has played really well, obviously in the playoffs, but we'll see what happens there. My, my next bet to finish things off, Nate, is actually kind of relevant to this one, which is day day Draymond Green. And I'm going under on the points for Day Day because I just hasn't done it. Uh, and I, I don't think he's going to continue. I think he's going to continue to not be able to score essentially uh, against this team. His last six versus sack, six and a half points per game in 32 minutes. He hit this prop once. Uh, that was at home. And in four games on the road, he's averaging five points in 32 minutes uh, because he doesn't get more than about a 12% usage rate. Uh, he's not obviously ending any of these possessions. He's not the focal point or, or the person that they're looking to have shoot the ball. And he's only put he only put up five field goal attempts in that last game did have uh, four points because he also had two free throws that he made, which is a, a rarity that he would make both of them. So I wouldn't even count on, on one of those points being there for next game. But in uh, in that last game, like I said, four points in 34 minutes with that 10% usage and Wiggs played 28 minutes off the bench and, and they need him to basically play 33 to 34 uh, and be the guy that he was in the playoffs last year. If they have a shot at going back to the to the to the finals, which is what I'm not necessarily banking on and why I'm not necessarily feeling as good about the dubs being able to make it back there. So his last seven uh, overall, including this last game, Draymond went over this eight and a half points one time. Um, and that was, uh, excuse me, twice. And one of them was against the G league Portland trailblazers. Uh, and then the other team was OKC where he had uh, all of his or six of his points, uh, six of his nine points were second chance points because OKC is such a bad rebounding team. Uh, but this Sacramento Kings team is a top 10 rebounding team in terms of limiting uh, rebounds to their opponents, even though they're playing 
playing at a blistering fast pace. So uh, there's, there's just not really opportunity for uh, Draymond to get you know second chance points and put them back up for easy buckets. And so I just don't trust him to be able to score. I'm considering going over on the seven and a half rebounds because you know I, I still think he's going to be out there so much and, and one of the two guys that need to get boards. But I don't. It's one. It's minus one hundred two. You know he had nine last game and I still think he's capable of getting eight this game for sure. Um, but I just I'm not quite as confident in that one as the eight and a half. So I, I think I would still stick with, with the points as my, my preferred bet for him and, and under those for, to be clear. Yeah, I would agree under on the points. Cause he's just not even looking to score. And it's not like the Kings are going to funnel him uh, to the basket. They're, I mean, they're going to give up assists, which is why I talk about in the game theory and, and why I like Draymond eight assists in a same game parlay with some other stuff, because this is a really bad half court defense from the Kings and, and, and Draymond when, when the Warriors are at their best, he's mostly just facilitating from, from the elbow, you know, as a passer and, and they're getting open looks. And so I do expect him to go over on rebounds and assists. I think you can combine those. We've seen that in the playoffs last year after a loss, he definitely steps up in that realm might step up in points, which he did after a loss sometimes, but yeah, I think not five times out of six, he's probably going to not look to score and he's not going to get over. Yeah, points. not not with five shot attempts. Uh, I don't think he's going to get eight points. So that is all the time we have for you in our props video today. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. Check out the best bets video we have for you as well. And until we see you next, happy betting. Stop, 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 stop.